Hello and welcome to the show. If you're enjoying it and want an ad-free experience, consider signing up for the Patreon, patreon.com slash the 101 podcast. Get early access and exclusive content on there as well for less than the cost of a cup of coffee. Links to ways of supporting the show are in the description. Thank you so much for listening and enjoy this episode. everyone doing out there good afternoon a little bit earlier than we normally stream but that's all right because we've got a great heavy hitting guest today someone i i guess you could say grew up watching a little bit and you know being a christian for all you christians out there you've probably came across this guy defending our faith on youtube on his you know videos However, you might have, maybe you went to his theme parks and just very excited to have this guest today. And I did not find out until recently that he was a Floridian or at least partially a Floridian. And then I said, okay, well then we have to have him on. We must. So we made it happen. And here we have Dr. Dino, the most hated man in the world, uh, self-accredited. And yeah. Brave guy, smart guy. If you don't know him, you're about to meet him. Ken, thanks for joining us. Dr. Hoven. Well, thank you for having me on, brother. Yeah, I was in Florida for 27 years. Then I moved to Alabama. And I can't say this too loud, brother, but I was actually raised in Illinois. Oh, no. But if you tell the Alabamians you're a Yankee, they don't get it. I have to tell them, look, guys, we won the war. Knock it off. It's over, okay? They, they think it's still going on. <laughs> No, I'm in Lenox, Alabama, straight north of Pensacola. But I lived in Pensacola for 27 years and loved it. Uh, Florida needs a little, they need a little more gospel, I think. So glad you guys are working on them down there. 
Well, hey, we're we're doing our, our part, but I don't know if we will ever do it as well as you. We like to speculate. You like to do some, you know, correcting, it seems like. And um, I've got a little bit of a kind of promo reel here, if we could play. Um, for those that don't know Kent, he, how I knew him, how I got to know him, was seeing videotapes circulating on YouTube of him talking about creation, the Garden of Eden, the flood, right? The fallacies inherent to things like the evolution theory, you know, how much science there is. And we don't, you know, we use science with a grain of salt, you know, uh, trust the Zions, I like to say, the Zion, Zions, right? The seance. And uh, we've got some middle ground here with, with Ken on that. But um, I found him on some great YouTube videos that are pretty explosive. Then, you know, figured out he was doing debates. So you can tune into his debates. What is it? A couple hundred debates you've done, if not more. Yeah, three, 344 now. Wow. I love it. So, yeah, yeah, guys, he's been put to the test on video. You can watch. You can see and share. But, uh, you know, there's probably a lot of things we don't agree on, and we might discuss some of those, too. But this is by no means a, a debate. And, uh, yeah, Juan, you want to you share a little, Juan? Yeah, I've been binging Dr. Kent's stuff for the last week. I hadn't heard of him and I had a few friends who were familiar with his work. So he has a lot of great stuff to offer. I have a few questions for him once we get into it. And I think it's it's very interesting. So yeah, we can you start off Kent, by, by telling us a little bit more about you and what got you started into all this and, def and defending the Bible the way you do, and especially Genesis, because Genesis is one of those stories that that is up for grabs. I mean, there's all sorts of interpretations of it, but you take it from a literal point of view, from the literal sense, and that's the creationist point of view. Can you tell us what got you into that and what made you tackle Genesis in particular? Okay. Well, I was raised in a family of engineers and teachers and always loved to learn things. And I, I majored in math and science, ended up teaching high school math and science for 15 years. And I love science, but when I was 16 years old, February 9th, actually, my birthday coming up into the Lord's family, February 9th, 1969, I prayed and asked the Lord to come in my heart and save me. I started going to a little Baptist church in Pekin, Illinois, <clears throat> and started reading my Bible. And as I read the Bible, I started coming across dates right away, numbers in Genesis chapter 5. Being a mathematician, I like, hey, I can add these up. It says Adam was 130 when Seth was born. That was his son. And the Bible says nothing died until Adam sinned. Man brought death into the world. I said, wait, 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 where did dinosaurs fit into all this? I thought dinosaurs lived millions of years ago. So I was very confused as a young Christian at age 16, especially about the dinosaurs. Where does this fit? And so I began reading the Bible and studying my science, you know, to get my science degrees and all that. And I said, somebody's lying. Somebody's lying big time. I don't know who it is, but I'm going to try to find out who. But anyway, if you add up the dates in the Bible, the Bible teaches that God made the world about 6,000 years ago on the long left end of this chart here, 4,000 BC or 6,000 years ago. Then there was a big flood 4,400 years ago. Noah built a big ark. After the flood, we go through the history of Abraham and Moses down in Egypt and all that stuff. And Jesus came 2,000 years ago. So this timeline, <clears throat> I believe, is, is absolutely 
accurate, scientifically accurate. God made everything in six days about 6,000 years ago. The earth is not billions of years old, which of course raises the questions, where do dinosaurs fit in? And that's my favorite topic. Let me go up here real quick here. It, textbooks for kindergartners, kids can't even read yet. And they get a book, I can read about, learn about dinosaurs. Here's a kindergartner, first grader learning to read. First sentence in the book, millions of years ago, stop, stop, stop. There's no possible way you can know something like that. You can believe that if you'd like. That's why I constantly say evolution is a religion that people believe in. It's not something you can observe or study or test. And this is certainly calling Jesus a liar. Jesus said the creation of Adam was the beginning. Matthew 19, 4, Mark 10, 6. But all the books will say that. Millions of years ago, millions of years ago, millions of years ago, dinosaurs roamed the earth. Here's Dr. Seuss. Millions of years before you were born. Kids are already brainwashed into believing evolution before they can read. <clears throat> and I was too, as a five-year-old. My mom was a kindergarten teacher for years. Jesus said, Jesus created all things. It says in Colossians chapter one, he's the creator of everything. And Jesus said, have you not read? He which made them at the beginning, made them male and female. Same thing in Mark 10, six. So the beginning of the creation was when God made Adam and Eve. By one man, sin came into the world and death by sin. Well, man, see, evolution, the Bible says man brought death into the world and ruined it. This used to be a perfect world, man wrecked it. Evolution says death brought man into the world. Billions of things had to evolve slowly and then die, and something else could evolve a little more. We turned from an amoeba to a human. So evolution is a religion of death, where death brought man into the world. And yet the Bible says clearly by man came death. So somebody was wrong. And the Bible says clearly that Adam was the first man. Now, Aristotle said, the benefit of the doubt is to be given to the document, not to the critic. If there's an argument between a document and a critic, the document has to be proven wrong. This book says nothing died till Adam sinned, and Adam was 130 years old when Seth was born, and Seth was 105 when Enos was born. The dates are all given in Genesis 5. Read them for yourself. So if you make a chart like I did and add up all the numbers, you're going to find what people have been saying for long, since long time, thousands of years that the creation was about 4,000 BC, and the big flood was 40, 400 uh, years before now, 2,400 BC, in the days of Noah. And before the flood, the people lived to be 900. Well, I taught a lot, I taught biology 15 years, and it's a simple biological fact. Reptiles never stop growing, never, called indeterminate growth. Humans stop growing at 16 or 18, now, vertically. I've seen some go horizontally after that, but your vertical growth is gonna stop at about 16 or 18. Reptiles don't do that. They never stop growing. So what would happen to a lizard if he could live to be 900? Uh, get really big. That's the age of dinosaurs. Dinosaurs did not live millions of years ago. They lived with Adam and Eve. Noah then took them on the ark. So this time before the flood is the time of the big everything. They find fossil beavers eight feet long, bigger than a grizzly bear. They find fossil ducks bigger than a horse. Fossil grasshoppers two feet long. You can look at the fossils we find, and they're ginormous compared to today of just about everything. The world's biggest clam today, they have an oyster. At, uh, the world, I've got my clam somewhere. Here we go. There's an oyster in Denmark at a restaurant that's 14 inches long, the world's biggest oyster. But they find petrified clothes clams like this on top of Mount Everest. And in, the Peru, in Peru, in the Andes Mountains, they found 500 fossil oysters, all bigger than the current world's record. The biggest one was 11 feet. Now, today, the world's record is 14 inches. So how do you explain that? To the, in the Bible, it's real simple. Everything was bigger before the flood came. And we can go into all the reasons why, if you'd like. Mm -hmm. 
turned out to be 900. But <clears throat> then Noah would have taken dinosaurs on the ark. He took everything on the ark. Noah was 600 years old when he built that boat. I bet he was smart enough to figure out you don't have the big ones bring two babies. Mm -hmm. So, so Ken, yep. we're covering a lot of ground here. Okay, go ahead. Stop me anytime. Oh no! Wonderfully said. Thank you. And I think you'll find a lot of supporters for what you say on on this channel. Um, real quick about dinosaurs. That's something sure. that just just to pick one to expound on. Um, you know, I myself find myself saying, you know, dinosaurs were fake. Dinosaurs didn't exist. And you hear a lot of Christians say, dinosaurs, dinosaurs, that. I would like to make a distinction and then turn it over to you. To me, you see extinct animals like mammoth, saber-toothed tiger, things that don't exist now that once did. Now, that would apply to plenty and plenty of reptiles too many of them massive so i'm with you i'm with you and i think most people should open their mind up because a lot of christians are kind of programmed to say dinosaur no way the uh, could not exist you know and i think that comes from the fact that the mainstream dinosaur paradigm is a hellscape in which man had no place god had no place jesus had no place just you know vicious beasts tearing each other apart for millions of years and creation is is absent right so to speak and that's kind of the mainstream dinosaur paradigm and when people hear you call yourself dr dino i just want to challenge you know the listeners don't jump to a dinosaurs are fake assumption or don't jump to a dinosaurs are real but the way they told us assumption kent looks at it a very very unique way now, have you ever heard anyone say that Noah had dinosaurs on the Bible, on the uh, on Noah's Ark? No, no. So land in the air, and I know I know there's a lot of dinosaur deniers out there. That's why I'm making this caveat. But Kent, I'm sure you run into that yourself too. And I just want to say one thing, because there's a little bit to this. Um, Florida is very, very rich in fossils. Extremely rich. You have the swamps and the bogs, which are oxygen-free and preserve almost anything, including brains, for thousands of years, so they say. But then you have the shell mounds, which are also preservative from the lime in the shell. Then you also have the spring water itself. Even the clean spring water is preservative. So we find tons of big animals here in Florida. We find tons and tons of big stuff. But I've seen in Florida museums... I'd love to get your take on this because it, it goes into the sediment after the flood and, and the dinosaurs. Florida has no dinosaurs. Zero. The state of Florida has never produced what our scientists consider a dinosaur. If you go to your state museums, they'll tell you there are no dinosaurs in Florida because Florida is only 30 million years old and the dinosaur age was 60 million years old. So I think that would be a great point to tee off on, Kent. You know, how do you rectify that? How would you address that? And I'll give it to you. Okay, well, thank you. Interesting question. Arguing from the lack of evidence is always a poor position to be in. Nobody's ever found human and chicken footprints together in the same rock strata. Nobody's ever found human and chicken fossilized footprints together. That proves humans and chickens did not live at the same time. 
you see how silly that logic is? The fact that they haven't found any yet doesn't prove there aren't any. I don't know. But I think Florida was probably formed, the peninsula of Florida, by the swirling waters of Noah's flood going down. And there may indeed have been mostly sand. I mean, I lived in Pensacola for 27 years. It's, it's almost all sand. It's a, it's a sand peninsula that is likely to contain all kinds of smaller things. But they don't, I, didn't, I haven't ever heard that there were no dinosaurs found in Florida. Let's assume that's true. It could be they haven't found any yet, or it could be none ended up buried there. Or the big, huge dinosaurs would have been would have drowned early in the flood and been buried deeper when and Florida wasn't even formed. See, Noah was in the ark for a year. Uh, the flood covered the earth for seven months, and then the tide going up and down, up and down, the water swirling around would probably create Florida under underwater in a matter of a few months. Deposit all the sand out there. So I'll do some research on that about dinosaurs in Florida. I know they're found all over the world, including the tops of mountains. I mean, it's not that. There's probably about, I'm going to pick a number and probably be wrong here, but there's probably about 50 different kinds of dinosaurs. Now, there's lots of varieties from those, okay? But if you really nail it down, they could all be derived from 50 basic kinds. Like there's only one kind of animal called, we'll call it the dog. From there, you can get the wolf, the coyote, the dog, the dingo, uh, the dehole. I mean, they're, they're variations of a dog. Uh, there are now um, 200 or 339 breeds of dogs from Chihuahua to Great Dane, probably had a common ancestor called a dog. See, the Bible says they'll bring forth after their kind. And so I think Noah would have taken two of each kind, not each species, two of each kind onto the ark. There's a website called barimanology.com. Barimans, the Hebrew word for kind. God said they bring forth after their kind. Well, what is that? Well, obviously, if they can bring forth, they are the same kind. Dogs and wolves cannot bring forth Dogs and wolves can bring forth puppies. Dogs and pine trees cannot. Is that a dinosaur bone in Florida? Who's putting that so, up? So, yeah, I, I didn't mean to cut you off, Matt, Ken. That's a, go ahead. I didn't mean, yeah, to, didn't mean to cut you off, Ken, but that's a uh, mammoth bone. Right, so, okay. We've got, we got mammoth bones in our museum here. We're in okay. Lenox, Alabama. Mammoths are just big, hairy elephants. There are four different types of elephants that have lived on the planet. The African elephant, Asian African mammoth, and mastodon. Very similar. Uh, all would be recognizable as the elephant family. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've actually I've actually have a video on that on my channel talking about um, the difference in the two existent, maybe three, right. uh, species of elephant today. They're so skeletally different that if they were found millions of years from now, you would have scientists debating as to whether they were, you know, uh, like variations of one species or separate species entirely and you could even say that the differences between the asian elephant and the african elephant are so large that it's as large as the leap to the next which is a mastodon and the point about the hair the colombian mastodon and the mammoths that were as low as we had in florida and the the scientists tell us that Florida was one of the last refuges. It was an ice age refuge. And then it was also a um, no volcanic activity, no this or that, that so many species lasted longer after the ice age. So mammoths might've been in Florida as recent as 7,000, 6,000. Now this is their timelines, Kent, so don't roll your eyes, but um, coexisting with humans, you know, you find spear points in mammoth in Florida. And that's one of the first things that came out. But to the hair, the mammoth and the mastodon that was as low as Florida, the Colombian mastodon, I believe, was 
hairless, almost hairless. They, now, can they tell you that from bones? They'd like to say so. But even in their own words, it, it's not a woolly mammoth. It didn't need an ice age to live. It could have lived in Florida like we have Florida today. And those are, to bring this back up, uh, you know, for people denying fossils or this or that, in Florida, like I said, Florida is so fossil rich, you find mammoth bone, saber tooth, tiger, and all these things. And can't we only have you for so long? I'd love to talk dinosaurs, you know, forever, but this is a great segue into something that we discuss a lot on my channel. What do you think about giant humans? I think the evidence is absolutely overwhelming. There were giant humans on this planet. I'm talking 12, 15 feet tall. Some people say 20. I don't know about that. There have been many books written about it. There have been lots of fossils that have been found. Almost always, if you find a giant human fossil, there's a friend of mine up uh, between here and uh, Illinois that has called me. He said, Behoven, we found one. Would you help us come dig it out? We think it's 15 feet tall. This has been my first time to do that. I said, yeah, but he said, we can't reveal the location. What happens is usually Smithsonian or the federal government somehow comes in and says, oh, this is a sacred find. We'll take care of it. And it disappears into the Smithsonian basement. But there have been a lot of people. Let's see, giant men on the earth. Let's see, there were Bible says there were giants in the earth in those days. Uh, and the scoffers are ignorant of how it used to be. I believe the solution to this is there used to be a crystalline canopy around the earth to protect the earth and make it like a big greenhouse. <clears throat> Got a little model here. The air we're breathing now is about 50 miles thick. If you squeezed it all down into 10 miles and surrounded us with a crystal canopy, the Jews have always taught there was a crystal canopy above the atmosphere. And the Bible wow. teaches that. That would explain why they could live longer to 900 and why they got so much bigger. I think it was a crystalline canopy of ice that got shattered at the time of Noah's flood when the fountains of the deep broke open. And super cold ice is magnetic. So when the canopy shatters, it would be sucked in and dumped on the North and South Pole. And so the ice age happened at the beginning of the flood, in my opinion. And then it would last for several hundred years after the flood. Did they find frozen mammoths standing up with food still in their mouth and they died of suffocation, not drowning? They're standing up frozen all over Canada and Alaska and northern Russia. If the, if the ice age was rapid and it was rapid snowfall, maybe snowed 40 feet, you know, in two hours from the canopy collapsing, that would explain it all. But yeah, you go. Giant skeletons found. I got a bunch of stuff on that here. It's, it's, I think before the flood, when they lived to be 900, they probably got much bigger. Uh, giants in the earth. So somebody just sent me a picture a couple days ago of a giant, uh, I think it was a 15-foot human skeleton that was found with a, a huge snake wrapped around it, both fossilized, and the snake had a spear point in his head. Apparently, they died together. The snake was crushing the human, and he pierced the snake. Whatever happened, there were, there's just a lot of hard-to-dismiss evidence of dinosaurs, I mean, of giant humans living on the earth. So I've got a whole bunch on that in here somewhere, if I could find the slides, but yeah, on I top of that... Go ahead. I'm on top of the dinosaurs being fake and created, you know, some people will say, "Oh, dinosaurs didn't exist till the 18, you know, late 19th century." It's like, well, maybe the word dinosaur didn't exist, but doesn't mean that things like the Leviathan or the Behemoth with that are in the Bible, you know, doesn't prove that they didn't exist. And also, I don't know if you're aware, Kent, but also there's a group of people who believe that the world is flat. So. Oh you're holding God. up a you're holding up a globe there 
and a lot of people adhere to the cosmology that's actually like a it's a flat plane i'm not going to say disc but it's a flat plane with the firmament on the top of it so like a snow globe more but i mean that's again whatever shape it is but i, I feel like these things come out and they try to take away from they might be psyops. I don't know. I'll, I'll say it. I, I think these things that come out, such as the dinosaurs being fake, is maybe to distract people from the truth. But there is something about Darwinism where uh, he also studied worms for 39 years. And he got to a point where he was saying that man is but a worm. And there's illustrations from the late 19th, uh, uh, the 1900s that were showing a depiction of man coming forth from a worm. So, are we just worms at the end of the day? <laughs> you know, we came forth from the worms. Yeah, I'd say Darwin probably was, but nobody else is. Okay. So, and you're the one. As far as the or flat Earth, I tell people, look, Kansas is flat; the rest of it's round. Well, yeah, that's why I always say in Florida is growing up in Florida. Flat. You can't tell me it's not flat. But um, Juan, real quick, we can get on to that. I wanted to show this to kent um and maybe so that he could use it in his presentations um you'll have to pull up in another window back just to the giants real quick and we'll get back to the shape of the earth um you know do you ever get accused i certainly have in the whole movement trying to show the truth about giant bones giant humans that oh that's just tall tales that's actually the origin you know of, of tall tales oh my daddy daddy jason you know granddaddy he was a uh, six foot six and then next time you tell the story oh he was seven feet tall a tall tale things get taller and taller and you know you also have that that age of journalism you have yellow journalism you have this uh kind of hysteria and there was the bone craze what they were pulling out of bones and you know now what I'm what I'm saying here is you have experts coming out and saying, "Oh no, that was all just bad journalism. That was um, making claims with nothing to back it up." And these are you know found, discovered mammoth bones. They weren't actually human, right? Or they'll say that the um, you know it's just it's just wrong that you know show me a bone, show me a bone is, is what it comes down to. And what I've got here, Kent, is. I don't know if we're going to find any 15 footers still around. They might be pretty, pretty low, you know, low, low in the strata, but Hey, I hope we do, but I do want to show you something and feel free to use it. I can send you a clip. Um, this is a doctor with FSU displaying a giant's bone from Florida. So here we have Dr. Jeffrey Thomas. Let me know if you can hear it, Juan. I can. No, we can't hear it. We cannot hear it. Make can't sure you share. The, make sure you share the audio when you go to share the screen at the bottom left. There should be a share audio checkbox. Oh, share a tab instead. Yeah, you can share the audio on the tab as well. There we go. I got it. I got it. We're good. Boom. Here we go. 
Okay, there worth the wait. Worth the wait, people. So post cranium is kind of held, housed in these cabinets. Good. Okay, so just going to back it up. What he said is this is the remains from Windover, Windover, Florida, considered some of the oldest found in the Americas, preserved in an extremely good state. And they're pretty big. So let's hear what he has to say. This is Dr. Jeffrey Thomas with either anthropology or archaeology for FSU. So all of the Windover uh, post crania is kind of held, housed in these cabinets, and the crania is just around the corner. Uh, so just to kind of show you some of the ideas about the preservation, right? This is one of the males, adult males. That's absolutely massive. These individuals were very large. And the, I mean, preservation is just so immaculate that it's it's hard to believe that these are 8,000 years old. I mean, we've had researchers come in here and say, are you sure that they're, <laughs> they're this old? They really could be a lot younger. So even just compared to me, in terms of a hip placement, so he's, he's going to go on to say that he's 5'10", and that this is a couple inches, if not five inches longer than his. He knows what he's talking about. He knows where bone sockets go. He wasn't misplacing the sockets. He points where his knee is at, and he shows this is about a 22-inch femur. Now that's a longer femur than Shaquille O'Neal would have. So... This is upwards of seven and a half feet around there. Big, big bone. I'll let the video play out. My knee is up here, and I'm 5'11". Placement, my knee is up here, and I'm 5'11". So these are really large individuals. Right? And we have some with very unique traits. Uh, very, very unique traits. So there we go. A video of a Florida giant. And... What do you think? I think he's correct. I think they've been bigger than that. Joe Taylor was a good friend of mine. His book, uh, Giants Against Evolution, he died like two years ago in Crosbyton, Texas. But he had, a, he had found a fossil of a femur like that that was 47 inches long, a 47-inch femur. There he is next to the femur bone. We've got a copy of it in our museum here. That, that individual had to be 13 or 14 feet tall or else had really long legs and looked funny. It was proportional. So I think the Bible says there were giants in the earth. There's no question about that. And there's been a lot of things found that certainly appear to be giant humans. Uh, 1919, a newspaper in Michigan, a 12-foot giant was discovered with hair still on the head and a wooden stake through the heart. 12 foot. Wow. Freeport, Louisiana, they found every skeleton fully nine feet high back in 1902. See, here's the, here's the problem. The evolution theory says man started off little and we're getting bigger, better, stronger, smarter. And the idea of finding somebody bigger than us today goes against their religion. So they're going to try to hide all that stuff. The Bible indicates we were made in God's image. And I think man is probably getting smaller and weaker and dumber as we go along, not bigger, better, stronger, smarter. So it's, it's a paradigm problem. They've already decided evolution is true. And we used to be a chimpanzee three feet tall. They've already decided that that's to, the, to them. That's not open for question. To me, it's open for question. Are you a true seeker? Well, the truth is they find giant human fossils. How do you explain it? From the Christian perspective, it's no problem. The Bible says there were giants in the earth. I believe probably everybody was 10 or 12 feet tall on the earth when Noah built the ark and all that stuff. Knee to a 39-inch femur had to be 12 foot tall. Here's the one I was telling you about, the snake wrapped around the skeleton. Uh, it had to be nearly 15 feet tall. 
So <clears throat> I think the evidence is overwhelming that there were giant people on the earth. Now, whether it was everybody or just you know, a freak or something, I don't know. But there was a lot of evidence that there used to be giants. And to a Christian, that fits right into our theology. God made man in his image, and we are degrading. All of biology would tell us everything degrades over time. It's the second law of thermodynamics. Everything falls apart. Nothing gets better left to itself. Go look in your closet. You see what I'm talking about? It, everything falls apart. Look in the trunk of your car, okay? Things don't get better automatically. They fall apart. So I think that everything we see is actually an example of the Bible being true. God made a perfect world. Man wrecked it. And I got a ton of stuff on my video number two. You get my whole video series, 50 bucks, 18 hours, on how to prove the earth is not billions of years old. Where do, where do the dinosaurs fit into the Bible? Lies in the textbooks. Uh, we've put out probably 20 million of these in 42 languages. Just go to drdino.com, D-R-D-I-N-O. You can read all about that. There's a mummified head of a king, Inca, Inca Indian, nine and a half foot tall. Can we leave that up? Give me one sec. Sure. Wow. Wow. Seven examples of proof that giants existed. This is from Joe Taylor's book. Or this is Chris Thompson. Uh, skeletal remains of giant humans, 13 foot, five inch. Uh, see, this is not a problem. Uh, it's not New York Giants does not mean the baseball team, okay? It means 200 giant skeletons measuring up to nine feet tall. So <clears throat> I think if a person really is a truth seeker, some claim they are and are not. They've already decided what they believe and don't confuse them with the facts, okay? But the fact is, there's a lot of evidence of really, really big humans on this planet. There's certainly overwhelming evidence of big lizards on the planet called dinosaurs. Dinosaur means terrible reptile, what the word means, dinosauria, terrible lizard. So there's no question there were giant lizards on the earth, dinosaurs. They find thousands and thousands of their bones. Why can't they accept the fact that there might have been giant humans too? Because it goes against the evolution theory. They've already decided it can't be true. Therefore, let's either find a way to explain it away or hide the bones so nobody can get them. And they use the government to do that. Oh, you're digging up bones on a property. That's sacred Indian ground. We'll come take away those bones from you or something like that. Right? What do you have there to are... say towards the, the carbon dating that they have now? Because you're coming up with some very, very big numbers, Ken. I've seen as much as... What, 500,000 years? They're finding remains that are very, very old. Now, are they just putting that number out there? Because, I mean, one light year is like 7 trillion miles or some crazy number like that. So what, do, what are your thoughts on the radiocarbon dating or whatever methods they use to date some of these findings? Well, I think they will even admit, I've done 344 debates now with atheists and, un and universities and stuff on this, and they will also admit all the dating methods, there are like six of them now. Carbon-14, carbon-13, uranium-238, uranium-236. Chosenone.com Go visit Chosenone.com It's easy to remember If you just sing along Chosenone.com Go visit Chosenone.com The Chosen One Yes, he is the Chosen One He's got his own comic and now he's got his own song Cause he's the chosen one Yes, he is the chosen one Go buy a copy at Chosenone.com Chosenone.com Go visit Chosenone.com It's easy to remember If you just sing along 
chosenone.com. Go visit chosenone.com. Uh, potassium argon. Uh, I, could, I could rattle them off in a minute, but I don't. Th I think they would all admit any dating method is based on some obvious assumptions. Start off believing that the layers of the Earth are different ages, the geologic column, which is pure baloney. I ask them all the time. I say, guys, stop and think. If the top layer is younger, like you say, where did it come from? Is it coming from outer space? All the layers of the Earth are the same age, all of them. They all had to form by shuffling up and down of the Noah's flood, the tidal surge going in and out. But they're all the same age. If I shuffle a deck of cards, the top card's not younger. Every speck of dirt on the planet is the same age whether it's 6,000 or 6 trillion, it's the same age. So this geologic column does not exist. But if you find a fossil and you say, I would like this to be carbon, carbon dated, would you please carbon date this plant? First question they ask, where did you find it? What difference should that make? See, they want to get an approximate age based upon their stupid geologic column. Tell them I said it's stupid, okay? Here's the problem. If you walk into a room and you find a candle burning on a table, and I ask you the question, when was it lit? How long has it been burning? He said, I don't know. Well, let's do some empirical science, something we can measure, test, study, demonstrate. Let's measure the candle. We can all do that. We measure the candle and find out that candle is seven inches tall. Okay? Nobody argues it's seven inches tall. Now, <clears throat> let's measure how fast it burns. We watch it. We time it with an Olympic stopwatch, and we say, wow, that thing's burning an inch an hour. Here we've got two scientific facts that nobody argues about. It is seven inches tall. It is burning one inch per hour. When was it lit? There is no possible way to tell me that unless you make some assumptions. How tall was it? We don't know. Has it always burned at the same rate? We don't know. With carbon dating, you got the same problem. We can tell how much carbon-14 is in it now. We can tell how fast carbon-14 decays now. After that, we're in the la-la land of guesswork. Do we know how much was in it when it died? No. Do we know it's always been decayed at the same rate? No. We know there are things that can influence the rate of decay. You know, if the rate of decay can be changed, well, then your whole dating method is baloney. They date circular reasoning. They date the rocks by the fossils and the fossils by the rocks. They've known this for a long time. The geologist doesn't even try to think of a good reply. They just assume our geologic column is true. Now let's go from there. No, no, no. I'm a truth seeker. Let's check out your geologic column. I don't believe that. I don't think it's logical to say the layers are different ages when we find petrified trees standing up, running through all these layers. One tree connecting all of them. I'll show you a picture in a second here. But <clears throat> if you see a petrified tree standing up, connecting all the layers, I don't think it's common sense to say the layers are different ages. Here we go. Polystrata fossils. Petrified trees connecting all the layers. Well, how long does a dead tree stand up in your neighborhood before it falls over? A couple years? Some of these petrified trees in the standing position, here's me by one in Yellowstone, some of them still have the bark on them. They were petrified in the vertical position, running through all kinds of different layers. I got, there's thousands of them have been found. Atheists just simply ignore it. It's not common sense to say the layers are different ages. Up in Joggins, Nova Scotia, there are hundreds of them. Petrified trees running through all the layers. Here we are telling the kids these layers are different ages. I say, guys, during Noah's flood, the earth was covered in water and the tide does not bang into the continents and get interrupted. So the tide could become harmonic. Earth is spinning and it is round, okay? It's spinning under the moon, pulling, holding the tidal bump. But to people on earth, that bump's going up and down, up and down. High tide, low tide. 
in Florida averages about five feet. But if the, were, if the world were covered in water, the tide would not get interrupted by banging into Florida. So the tide could become harmonic. And you can Google harmonic tides. The tide would go up and down 200 feet every six hours, 12 and a half minutes. If the water's coming up 200 feet while the earth spins under it, where's the water coming from to fill that bump? All four sides. And from the east, it's always sucking water into the bump at the same speed the earth is turning the other way. Well, at the North Pole, the earth is turning zero miles an hour. But at the equator, it's 1,037.6. Here in Lenox, Alabama, where we live, 31 degrees north, is turning about 886 miles an hour. If the water was going sideways into that tidal bump constantly at 886 miles an hour, it's so, going to form layers, layers quickly. Go ahead. Thank you, Kent. Now, do you, being a round earther, globe earther, do you also believe like NASA live streams and, you know, do you think we went to the moon? That is another question. I, I wouldn't put it past my government to lie about the whole thing. I don't know. My personal opinion is, yes, we probably did go. I think it was a real expensive way to go get a bunch of rocks that we already had a bunch of rocks down here. I got a gravel pit. Come on, I'll give you all you want. I think it was, mm -hmm. I think it was a waste of money if they did go. And I think they probably did. It's a waste of money. I can tell them what they're going to find there. There's no life there. The Bible says Eve is the mother of all living. People say, do you hope and do you think there's intelligent life on other planets? I say, are you kidding? I taught high school 15 years. There's not much intelligent life on this planet. But no, so, there's not any other planets. Okay. No evidence for it at all. And I think biblically it would be impossible. Scientifically, so, it's never been demonstrated. Nice. So I'm a, Ken, I got to come out and tell you, I'm a, I'm a flat guy. Okay. We can fix it. I'm a, I'm a flat it. guy. Florida, flat is Florida, baby. But I don't want to dwell on it for too long. I think you've you've uh, stated your case well. Since we're on the topic of you know space and heavenly bodies and you know, things like that, I if you don't mind, I'd like to pick your brain on some things that I don't think I've seen covered in your presentations, if that's okay. okay. And it's a good segue towards astrology. What is your position on astrology? Not astronomy. astronomy. Not astronomy, astrology. astrology. Yeah, astrology is different than astronomy. Astronomy is the study of the stars. I taught Earth science 15 years, and I love studying the stars. We have an observation deck and a bunch of telescopes here at Dinosaur Adventureland go up on our deck on the sand dune in Lenox, Alabama. No light anywhere. You can see the stars incredibly well. I love studying the stars. Now, astrology would be, I think, the worship of the stars or thinking that those stars somehow influence things on the earth. I don't believe that at all. There's certainly no evidence for that if somebody wants to believe it. My humble opinion would be when God made the world, <clears throat> Adam and Eve did not have a Bible. So God gave them the whole gospel story in the stars. That was their Bible. Ooh, and you start one. with Virgo the virgin and you end with Leo the lion. Jesus came as born of a virgin. He ends up being the lion, you know, lion of the tribe of Judah. So I think mm. the Zodiac is a perversion of what used to be the gospel story. And now it's all twisted around and messed up. Okay. So I think the worship of the stars would be silly. I think the study of the stars would be wonderful. And I think the Zodiac was the, uh, is a perversion of the original gospel in the stars. Okay. What now, Kent, that's very well said because I find myself debating Christians who are of the 
it's evil. It's from the devil, created by New the age. devil. False teaching, you know, very kind of go to their their Sunday school script. And what you just said, I think, is a great kind of olive branch to the astrologers um, that you're offering there. So I t- happen to be an astrologer. I'm not one of these, you know, chubby, blue-haired baristas who's going to tell you how many kids you're going to have, right? That's not my that's not my uh, utility in astrology. Um, I think that it's a way to understand spiritual, you know, doctrine and the Bible, especially. There's so much, so many astrological nuggets in there. And what you said is very, very good. I hadn't heard that before. That <laughs> the, the astrology is the Bible, which is what I often jump to when talking to Christians, is saying, "Well, you know, there's twelve apostles, and there's." You know, uh, God in um, Job, I think he says, can you loosen Orion's belt and right. and can uh, you tell forth the Maseroth? And also King James Version, I know you're big on. I'm big on too. Um, first, first chapter of, of Genesis, I believe, is signs and for seasons. So God clearly created the signs and i think that's lost in a lot of christians but then i think you also have all these astrologers which i detest who are into the new age and all the way in into the truly luciferian false you know feminist uh just nihilist atheist kind of take on it but uh Astrology. I'm an astrologer. That's that's why I ask. And I think that's a good olive branch, like I said. That astrology might have been the original primitive Bible. Right. I haven't right. heard that before. Well said. Well, to make it even worse, if you want to really go off in the rabbit trail, Adam and Eve didn't have a Bible. I think from the creation, the far left end of the chart over, let's see, here. Okay. God made them, and he gave them the stars to tell them the story, what's going to happen, clear, including the future for them. Everything was the future for them, okay? But you start with Virgo the virgin, and you end with Leo the lion. And the, in between there is this Draco the dragon, the snake going around stirring up trouble for the whole thing. So I think there really was uh, a biblical reading. Then when the flood came, that crystal and canopy that used to surround the world collapsed, and now you couldn't mm-hmm. see the stars as clearly. Because that crystal and canopy compressing the air would eliminate what's called atmospheric distortion. And they could see the stars more clearly than we can. If the air were compressed to, say, 10 miles and a couple-inch layer of ice above it, it would be like you're living inside the telescope. You could see everything much more clearly. But now that's gone. So I think God gave them the Bible, the history, the, the story of the world and his, his prophecy in stone. It's going to sound crazy. People are going to crucify me for this one. I think the Great Pyramid. Not all the pyramids, but the Great Pyramid was the Bible in stone. It's interesting, when you study that Great Pyramid, there's some fascinating things about that. Let me just show you real quick here. Uh, The Great Pyramid, not all the rest of them here. Oh, right there, Seminar Part 7. The Great Pyramid, is it on there? It had, when it was originally done, had 144,000 smooth, polished casing stones. 144,000. That number's in the Bible, Revelation Chapter 7. The chief cornerstone was never put in place. See, Jesus Christ is the chief cornerstone. If you look at your dollar bill, they got the pyramid with an all-seeing eye with a little gap in there. That's a satanic symbol. 
And on your dollar bill, it's got 13 rows of stones, the 13 degrees of the Masonic Lodge. It's all satanic, the whole dollar bill symbolism. But when God made it originally, the Great Pyramid, I think, was built before the flood and was built to be uh, to explain uh, the gospel story. When they finally found the entrance to the pyramid, they couldn't even find it till 800 years A.D. after Christ. They found the entrance to the pyramid, and it was uh, on the 50th row of stones. You've got 50 rows, and there's the... What's happening here? My computer is acting up. Okay. Uh, on the 50th row of stones was the, was the, the entrance to the pyramid. Uh, and then when you, when you go in the entrance to the pyramid, you have to make a choice right away. Are you going to go down to the pit or up to the king's chamber? I've got all this in pictures on my video number seven. If you want to watch that. See the word pyramid on there anywhere? Pyramid, the Great Pyramid. There we go. Pyramid, okay. The Great Pyramid was probably built before the flood, and it was the only structure to survive the flood. What would a flood do to a pyramid? Get it wet, okay? Then <laughs> it would dry out again. The Bible said there would be an altar to the Lord in the, in the pillar in the midst at the border of Egypt, and it would be a sign. The Great Pyramid, not the rest of them. The rest of them are built, you know, for some Pharaoh's glory to be, you know, this is King George, the greatest guy that ever lived. But when you walk in the entrance to the pyramid, you have to make a choice right away. You want to go down to the pit or up to the king's chamber? That's a choice every human has to make. You want to go to heaven or hell? Jesus died. The way is available. You can have it. You don't want it? Okay. But then when you get to the king's chamber, you finally find on the 50th row of stones an empty tomb. Nothing in there but an empty tomb. All the rest of the pyramids have got all these markings all over. You know, this is King George and everybody. Not the Great Pyramid. So it might be that that was the, um, uh, that was the symbol that God gave. That was their Bible to teach them prophecy about the future. 144,000 in Revelation 7 and the whole body fitly joined together. So I go through that in video 7. Get my whole series. It's 50 bucks. I, I even, you can buy it, take it home, watch it, copy it, and send it back and get your money back. I used to loan my videos out. I learned immediately that Christians especially don't steal, but they borrow and never return. So, Kent, no, the, we'll not, we'll not loan, I will not loan it to you, okay? You buy it for so 50 bucks. We have, the, we have the Bible, right, which has creation since the very beginning. What are your thoughts on all of these other cosmologies that spring forth? I mean, the Egyptians have their own cosmology as far as their own religions and their own gods and everything. And you have people who will say that the Bible plagiarized off of what, they say our earlier civilizations, such as the Anunnaki, the Mesopotamians, and the Sumerians, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. What are your thoughts on that? Is the Bible copying it? Is it all the same story? Where do where do we stand from there? I think the Bible is the original, preserved, flawless word of the living God. The rest are twisted perversions of that. The first thing Satan did to Eve is try to twist and change God's words. He took three words: God has said, "Don't eat off that tree." He came along and said, hath God said, just change the order of the words, totally change the meaning. And <coughs> I'm sorry, I've been a little sick here. So I think Satan has always been trying to twist and pervert God's teaching. And he did it very cleverly with the Egyptians and the Phoenicians. And a lot of these ancient cultures have perversions of what was an original truth. And they just, they got it wrong. So I, I, the pyramid, I think, was God's word in stone. And then once it was finished as scripture, when John on the Isle of Patmos finished the book of Revelation, he said, don't change anything. I'm done. I don't think there's been any revelation since then, uh, because that would be adding to the word of God. So go ahead. So, Kent, like I said, 
we're covering cover, covering a lot of ground. We only got you for so long. Would love to dive for a while into any of these. Um, but I wanted to ask you, and I couldn't agree more. I'm a big King James guy. King James, till the end, that's the one, one to use. And I wanted to ask you about elongated skulls, because this kind of plays into what we were talking about earlier with giants and altered timelines, people living a lot longer than we're told at once. And uh, what's your take on elongated skulls? I think I heard you bring it up once in one of your videos about just older people, longer skull, something like that. Well, there are, there are two things would cause that. We know, we know. I don't know how many, but quite a few elongated skulls have been found. There's no question. You can't argue with the facts. Here they are. Now, we also know that certain Indian tribes, uh, I don't remember the name of them now, they would purposely use uh, do this to their babies while they're small. They would clamp their head with a towel and two boards to flatten the skull to elongate it because the longer skulls became the princes and the king of the tribe. I think it was the Aztecs did it, if I'm not mistaken. So we know it can be deliberately done by squeezing the head while the bones haven't grown together yet. Yeah, there you go. Well, that's an ape skull. Okay, right. The Mayans did it to elongate the head. Secondly, we know that the muscles at the back of the neck, the sternocleidomastoid muscles and the masseter muscles and frontalis muscles, as you flex and eat and chew, these muscles all flex and they pull on the bone. Well, the more you pull on a bone, the more the bone grows in response to that to build more density. And a person that lives a long time starts to get bigger eyebrow ridges because their frontalis muscles and uh, the masseter muscles are pulling on the bones of their head. And when you bend down and lift your head up over and over and over for 100, 100 years or so, the muscle pulling the head back up elongates the skull. So there could be a muscular biological reason for why they're longer, because they're living longer. You could tell that a person was 400 or 500 or 700 years old by how long their skull was. That's one option. Other is it was done for religious purposes or political purposes to make their make sure their kid gets to be the king of some, the Mayan tribe or something. So yes, I would say no question, long skulls exist. Those would be my two reasons probably why. Great age, like the Bible says, they live to be 900, or purposely done for some religious reason. It has no effect on brain, uh, vo brain volume, certainly no effect on intelligence, makes it really tough to put your hat on, but that's, I don't, I think it's dumb to do that, but if they want to do it, go ahead. Oh, you're, you're muted, silent. Longo. You're muted. Okay. No, you're not back. Can you hear me now? No, there you're you good. go. Yep, yep. Is the audio is the quality okay? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I had to switch microphones. Um, Kent, were you aware that elongated skulls have been found in Florida and other shapes? I have heard of that. It's not it's not the kind of thing I spend a lot of time studying, but I've read a little bit about it. <laughs> it's not the, the focus of my ministry. But yeah, right. I, I, I wouldn't doubt it for a second. Here's a good example of heads being squeezed into shape by a mother. Um, that's in Africa, right? But then you've got, this is, I think, a illustration, depiction of what a Inca or Paracas culture king or, you know, upper class gentleman might have looked like. Um, you've also got skull flattening in the back where they would squash the head on the back, kind of almost like a, make a mushroom 
typed head. Um, you've got some strange shapes coming out of Florida. And I want to show you one in particular. Did you ever make your way down to South Florida? Did you ever spend time oh, south? Yeah. I preached all over Florida. Uh, I can't, don't, can't think of a town I haven't been to. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I didn't look for any skulls, though. I'm no. trying to get the atheist. I'm trying to get the atheist skull to stop believing what they believe and believe something else. Here's Amelia Island, Florida. Okay. I, I believe that's northeast Florida. And Boynton Beach is close to my hometown. But yeah, the Bahamas, the Caribbean, all over the place you find elongated skulls. Now, what do you think about the, the bulbous skull? Same thing, same deal, age? I, yeah, I think that you'll find that none of these things they're doing to the skull are hereditary. You haven't changed the gene code any. The babies are going to be born normal. And then if you flatten their skull, you have to do it as before the bones all grow together. That probably takes another, I don't know, five, six, seven years old. It takes a long time for the skull to completely harden. So I think if they were uh, doing this while they're babies or you know, for the first couple of years, it would certainly rearrange their skull bones. No, no, not, not a problem. It's easy to understand, easy to do. Now, Ken, just real quick, yeah, I think you should look into this. They've actually found some in utero. So hmm. child child and mother buried. Look into it. Don't take my word okay. for it. But um, in utero, and I, I was doing a video on this topic, and that came up, so I included that in the video, that this is kind of counters the the whole headboarding theory. And I agree with you that most of the Indians natives were probably shaping their heads to emulate something else. Um, perhaps their ancient long lived rulers. Some people say that these are separate from humans altogether. And I, I just like to ask you, have you ever heard of these elongated skulls or even giant skulls having, you know, as few as 10 teeth, Sometimes having double sets of teeth, right. sometimes having six fingers, six toes. You always hear stories like that, and they're in the newspaper articles too. How would you account for a sixth finger, sixth toe mutation? You know, right? It's called hexadecimalism. I think it's it's much more common with uh, close inbreeding families, like brother and sister produce a baby. They're much more likely to have six fingers, six toes. That's one of the first signs of inbreeding, okay? Uh, <clears throat> and in some cultures where they're required to marry first cousins or something, then that would really become a problem. Now, whether the elongated skull <coughs> in utero, that I'd like to see, but that I'm, I would, I don't doubt you. I, just, I, don't, I don't understand. I would say it would probably be some kind of mutation. Uh, to, the, but still, to change the shape of a skull, from this is not the kind of thing I rabbit trail I chased, but it had nothing to do with evolution. It already had a skull. You're not changing a banana into a skull. So that's not going to help the evolution theory any. All we've ever seen are changes in structures that already exist. Like they take the dogs with dog gene code and they select smaller or larger to get Great Dane or Chihuahua. Okay. They didn't turn it into an elephant or a pine tree. That's not evolution. It's still a dog. So that's interesting. But that, to me, <clears throat> somebody else has to chase that rabbit. I don't have time about the skull shapes, okay?
<laughs> sure, sure. I also, just real quick, I got to get your take on this skull shape. Um, trying to pull something up here. This is Sir Jacob Rothschild. You ever talk about the Rothschilds, <laughs> Kent? The, the banking families, yeah, the Rothschilds, the Bilderbergers and all that stuff. Uh, the Bible says, you know, money, the love of money is the root of all evil. I think there have been some incredibly evil things done by some of these families. They benefit when there's a war, no matter who wins. It doesn't matter who wins because they're financing both sides. You don't get much, uh, you know, you spend $5 on a 50 caliber shell and then you get no, nothing back for it. You can't recycle it. So I think they know they've learned how to use wars to make themselves unbelievably rich. And they're mm. going to be shocked Judgment Day when God pulls the plug and say, sorry, you don't get to take any of it with you. And what so, do you think about Sir Jacob having an unusual skull shape like this? I don't know. I never thought about that. I know he had some weird things going through that brain, <laughs> but don't know. Is, it, is he older than he says he is? Or is he one oh. of these ne Nephilim bloodlines? Or ah, is he a no dinosaur idea. himself? Didn't one of the Rothschilds live? To, a couple of them lived to be over 100, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know. Right. I'm going to I'm going to live to be 100 or die trying. Shall yeah, the so one last question speaking on Genesis, right? What what about the Nephilim? What are your thoughts on the Nephilim, Kent? Are were they fallen angels? Were they extraterrestrial entities? What are your thoughts on that? Brother, I wish I knew. I've studied it till my brain hurts. I've decided I don't know. Uh, there's several theories about it. I cover those on my seminar part seven, who were the Nephilim of Genesis chapter six. Men began to multiply on the face of the earth. Daughters were born and the sons of God, which is mentioned five times in the old Testament, six times in the new Testament. They saw the daughters of men that they were fair and they took them wives of all which they chose. What does that mean? Some people think sons of God was the sons of Seth, the godly line and the son, the other daughters were the daughters of Cain who had, you know, children and grandchildren. I don't know, but unsaved and unsaved people marry all the time. It doesn't affect their children. I mean, they still produce biologically the same way and the same children. So um, I, I cover what I do know about it on my seminar part seven. And at the end, I say, look, I, I don't know. Here's the four theories people have come up with over the years. Uh, I don't think some people say the sons of God are fallen angels. I don't believe that because angels don't marry, at least in heaven. And maybe they did on earth. It doesn't say. And uh, it says in the book of Josephus right here on my shelf that the son, some born of angels consorted with women resembling their audacious, resembled the audacious giants of Greek mythology. So 2000 years ago, the ancient Jewish historian Josephus, he believed there were angels intermarrying with the daughters of men producing these giants. Some say the sons of God are the line of Seth marrying the line of Cain. I say, look, there's no evidence that Saved and lost, having babies makes them, makes the physical physical difference. The book about it, the Nephilim by Chuck Missler, a good friend of mine, uh, is excellent. I think that's the closest I can come to say, look, read his book, see what you think. But I don't have an answer. I got the same questions everybody does on that one. Okay, interesting. Great, great Kent. Juan, do you have to get going or something? Yeah, I gotta get going here soon. Fifteen, the latest. So. Okay. Well. <clears throat> Kent, I'd like to ask you something else. I don't think I've ever seen you cover. Um, Juan, if you got a pop out, just let me know. Um, I have never seen you 
cover uh, what do you think of the theories like ancient Israelites and lost tribes and you know people coming to the Americas before Columbus and Native American and Israelite overlays and you know some of the things that went into Mormonism not Mormonism itself but the LDS church and I know they get a bad rap for a lot of things but there's a lot of merit to some of their archaeology in the Americas and Hebrew being found in the Americas and you know haplogroup X things like that you ever come across things like that or concern yourself with that's another you know, rabbit I another rabbit I haven't chased very far I think there's I think Columbus was certainly not the first white man to cross the ocean I think a lot of people did it before that the Vikings did it my ancestors so uh, he was the when Columbus planted their flag, his flag in their yard, they said, can we help you, sir? This is our house. You know, I think they were. Uh, so I don't know. Uh, the Mormons, I think, have gone crazy on quite a few silly doctrines that they teach. Uh, Joseph Smith. Uh, but <clears throat> the idea that there were even Jews came over and brought Hebrew to America and left, you know, artifacts behind with Hebrew language. That's certainly reasonable. I've not seen the evidence for that. But if I was shown, I, I would quickly believe it. I think that's not a problem. I don't think that proves that the people in America, the Indians, are the lost tribes and that the Mormons are now the descendants and they get a special special seat next to God because they're part of the Jews. That I think they carry it <clears throat> way beyond what the evidence would show. So, again, that's not a rabbit I chase very far. I don't, I don't have an answer. Well said. And also, do you ever get political on your channel or talk about presidential candidates or anything like that? Well, there's a much bigger picture. Uh, these guys are running for president. President of what exactly? What are they trying to become the president of? You say United States of America. Okay, well, which one? I think there are seven or eight or maybe even 12 different United Stateses. There's the United States Corporation. There's the capital U, capital S. There's the small U, capital S. So when someone says, are you a citizen? Are you a US citizen? I'm not sure how to answer that. I was born in Illinois. But am I U.S.? See, the only way to become a citizen is by oath or affirmation. Again, that's another rabbit I don't want to chase very far. I don't have time. But uh, the, all this, all these people are running for office of a corporation, not the real United States. We haven't had a president at all of the real United States since the Civil War. Yep. So which, which U.S. are you talking about? You know, so who wins for the corporate president? I don't care. Mm hmm. <laughs> okay, I, sure. I, I, will, I will say this publicly. Stalin said years ago, "He who votes is not important. He who counts the votes is important." I think it would not matter who you voted for; they're going to put in who they want. You like Trump? I think he's the, the least poisonous of all the options. There we go. I'll take it. I'll take it, baby. <laughs> That's all I need. Okay. Sweet. But, uh, you know, let's uh, just talk about Florida a little bit. About I'm your gonna, time in Florida. I'm yeah, going to go. Swan. Kent, this was great. Appreciate your time. Long go. Catch you later. And uh, have a good rest of your day. All right. Watch my video. my video six for the formation of how Florida formed at the end of Noah's flood. I think that fit in. Yeah. I, anyway, I need... thank you for having me. Thank you. Come on any program. Call 855 Big Dino. Extension you can three, forget me. 855 you can Big stay, Dino. Can, I'm going to leave. You can stay if you'd like. So.
Oh, I got to get going too, brother. But thank you so okay. much. Appreciate we'll it. Wrap it right. up. Kent, thanks for joining us. Thank you. All right. He's bouncing. All right, so, bro. Peace, one. My bad, dude. Didn't know he was going to bounce too, but yeah. Well, That's okay. We, yeah, we said an hour. That's all good. Yeah. We'll try and have him back on soon for yeah. maybe a little longer and talk about some more stuff. But yeah, give me a call later. Cool. All right, Juan. <laughs> later, dude. Bye-bye. So, yeah, we'll try and talk to him again soon. We can expand on on a little bit more. But, uh, yeah, that was that was cool. I like meeting, uh, like I said, first time meeting him. I grew up watching him. So, thanks to Kent. Dr. Hoban, go check out his stuff. Dr. Dino. He's got a YouTube channel. I'll pull this up. Don't want to end the stream without showing you his stuff. Here we go. Truth in Genesis. I don't think that's his channel, but he's on Truth in Genesis a lot. I think he got his YouTube channel taken down. But, um, yeah. All right. Well, go check him out. Kent Hovind. If he stayed, he could have plugged his own stuff. But, uh, like I said, we'll try and have him back on. Here we go. Is this him? Genesis Baptist Church. Okay, perfect. That's their new channel. There you go. Go check this out, guys. Hey, folks. Ken Hoven here. February 9th, 2023. Genesis Baptist Church. Go give them a follow. And uh, we'll see you guys soon. Tomorrow, premiering a video about Siesta Key. Tomorrow night. And then we're going to be live after the premiere to chat about Siesta Key with people who've been there, people who live in the area. And yeah, tomorrow at 8 o'clock, the premiere for the Siesta Key video. Then I think around 9, we'll go live and talk Siesta Key. All right, guys. Thanks for coming in. Have a good night. Good rest of your day. Adios.